Welcome to the Coffee and Questions podcast. I am your host, Michelle Berman-Michael, and my mission with this podcast is simple, to help realtors and loan officers across the world tap into the value Instagram can have for them and their business. To me, organic business that comes to us is the name of the game. On this show, you're going to hear from myself, other experts across social media, and also others that are just like you selling real estate and doing loans and doing it at a high level on social media. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Coffee and Questions podcast. I am your host, Michelle Berman-Michael. I'm really, really pumped about this episode. Who I'm about to interview is someone that I have known for a very long time. He hasn't known of me, but that's okay. He's here now. Um, But I'm really, really pumped to interview this gentleman. Um, We were introduced by a mutual friend, Grant Wise. Um, But I am interviewing none other than Joshua Smith, host of the GSD Mode podcast. He is a realtor. He is based out of Arizona, team leader. He also owns a franchise with over 120 offices across the U.S. And what this guy is doing with paid advertising on Instagram and social media in general, combined with what you guys know me to be, is absolute fire. So I feel like this conversation is going to be insane. But Josh, I'm so excited to have you. Welcome to my show. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. This will be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm super excited about this. This was a very unique conversation that I thought couldn't be more pertinent to right now, right? Especially with kind of what we are seeing as coaches in the industry. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of, you know, naysaying, if you will. But what you are and who you are and what people know you to be is someone that just gets shit done, literally, right? Um, And I think that that's the focus of where I want everyone listening to this to to really put their energy is what can you do right now that's going to make a difference? And I think that's the point of this conversation. So Josh, will you tell everybody a little bit about who you are, how you got into real estate, what your current kind of situation is as a team leader and franchise owner right now? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I jumped in the business in 2005. So 23 years old, college dropout. Um, I was just sick and tired of making $10 an hour, sick and tired of being broke. And I was looking, okay, like what, what's another avenue to jump into to go? What you know, I didn't want to go back to college. You know, very quickly I realized that was for the birds, not for me. Um, and um, and dude, I had like a thousand bucks to my name, like max. You know, 2005 though, 2005 was very similar to 2021, like as far as the real estate market, meaning bazillion offers in every single property, things were going nuts. So my perspective from an outsider looking in was, oh, dude, all these realtors are killing it. You know, um, so I decided to jump in. It was the only thing I could afford to do. Plus, you know, I, I thought I could be good at it. I mean, I love people. I love working hard. Um, and I uh, wanted something that had endless opportunities, you know, right? Um, so jumped in in 2005 and, and hit the ground running, you know, did 48 deals my first year. That led me then into starting my team. And by team, I mean, I define a team as more than one, you know, so hired my first assistant going after uh, uh, my second year you know, and then um, did 103 transactions the next year. Then that got me to a point where I started adding agents. Um, And at that point, teams weren't really even a thing like they are now today, you know, Um, but luckily I had in my previous experience, you know, some experience or my previous career, some experience with teams and building out sales teams. So, you know, that was really a blessing. Um, But then, yeah, I mean, 18 years later, here still running, operating the team and and about 10 years, because I always wanted to create this into a business. That was my mission from day number one. Yeah, my father owned and operated gyms for 30 years. So seeing as a kid that, you know, like, okay, he could, he and, you know, my mom could go disappear for three weeks on a vacation 
and the facilities were still operating without themselves, you know, without, without them. Right. So, and that's what I look at at businesses. Okay. I can disappear for a month, two months, two years, and it's still running and operating without my day-to-day involvement. So, you know, from an early on stage, you know, is even a kid, I always wanted to create a business. Um, so when I got into real estate, it was okay. I'm here to create a business. I don't want to just have this a high paying job. Um, and it took me about 10 years to figure that out. Like meaning, okay, like getting my team to the point where I was able to fully step out of production, fully step out of operations and build this machine that was running without me. And then at that point, I had some decisions to make. You know, I went from working 80 hour weeks to not working at all. And I'm in my thir- you know, early 30s and I'm like, okay, what am I going to do with my time? And, you know, and at that time I had, um, you know, a lot of agents reaching out because I was, you know, I became a 30 top realtor in America. And so I got some publicity and, you know, whatnot. So I built up a little bit of name of, I guess, in the industry, not intentionally, it just kind of happened. Um, so over the years, though, I had a lot of people reaching out asking if I'd offer coaching and, and um, um, which was always just no, 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 I'm busy doing my own thing. Well, then at this point, I was like, okay, what, what's that next venture? All right, well, I love real estate. I'm good at real estate. In order to be a highly successful team leader and, and build one of the top teams in, in the country is like, okay, I had to get damn good at coaching agents. Um, and there was demand for it. So the next level was, you know, starting a coaching company very quickly. When I started that coaching company, I realized that there was a big need for software. Um, you know, all the software at that time, at least was really created for the mega team leader or brokerage owner. So I'd always coaching clients and Josh, I want to use the systems that you use, you know, but I can't afford the $1,500 a month, you know, fee that you're paying, you know? So we went out there and, and started my software company, which was, you know, an all in one platform for agents to run their whole entire business on from front end and back end, you know, under the $200 a month price point. Um, and, and it just, yeah, it's just continued to evolve into other things. Yeah. So I have a really big question for you and I did not expect to go this route this quick, but I'm, I'm going to ask it because most people you included just now in that intro said that when you got into the real estate industry in 2005, you're like, Oh, it's just my perception of it is people are making a lot of money, right? People are doing a ton of, ton of deals, making a lot of money right out of the gate. The reality is that your ability to do 40 deals your first year and 103 deals your second year, um, which I think is what you said, that's not an everybody thing, right? And and I just did a Facebook Live about this not long ago, but I was defining the word grit and how some people are born with it and some people are not. And I believe that what you just described is because you embody that word. So my question to you, which will then tie into, I want to talk about your CRM system and your processes and all of that, but do you think that grit had something to do with your success? Or do you think that that is something that anybody could learn how to reproduce if they chose to? Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think drive is innate. I think it can, you know, we can, cause I wasn't always driven in my life, you know, but I, sometimes some of us are blessed enough to experience such lows in life, which I know don't feel like a blessing at the time. Um, but we can experience the, those extreme lows where, where we're like, Hey dude, I, I'm no longer willing to to accept the status quo. And you get to that point where you know the pain of the status quo exceeds the pain of the change that we need to go through to get to that, you know, to to change around our situation. So I mean, yeah, there are some people that definitely innately have that drive. I didn't, but it took me getting to an extremely low point in my life where 
you know, I was massively depressed thinking about committing suicide every single day. Like I was just in a very, very, very dark place. Um, but the blessing of that was it woke me up to go out there and develop the drive and the grit that was needed because I was so sick of where my life was at. Um, but yeah, then from there, there's a couple things, you know, with this is like, I always tell people like comparison is a nasty thing. Like there's healthy comparison and negative comparison. Like the healthy comparison is, okay, what is this person doing? And if they're kicking butt at this thing, okay, well, what are they doing? What are they doing? Well, what can I learn from them? Right. Um, but then the negative is, well, I, you know, they did this, I did this. And then all of a sudden we start beating ourselves up. What a lot of people don't realize is I had nine years of sales experience before I got into real estate. So I'd already developed a lot of the skill sets needed to go out there and crush it in sales. Um, you know, I was already used to pulling out phone books and calling from A to Z. I know nobody does that now today, but back, you know, back in the day we did. Um, you know, um, so then from there, I just had to interchange the product. I was also 23 years old, not married, no kids. So I could work from 4 a.m. to midnight. You know, but I was also at a point where I was like, dude, I am so sick of being broke and being a nobody in life. I'm committed to doing whatever it takes to go out there and 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 turn the situation around. And yeah, it was seven days a week. You know, I mean, originally I built my business off open houses and I would do, you know, I mean, an open house every single day. Sometimes on the weekends, I might even stack three open houses back to back. You know, um, um, you know, so when people sit there and like, well, how did you have business? Like anybody can do it. The question then becomes, are they willing to do what it actually takes to get that result? Yeah. It's, it's a very big conversation that I feel like we have as coaches far too often, right? Where people are like, well, we just want the magic sauce. We just want, just tell us what to do and we'll do it. And then we'll be successful like you. And I'm like, that's not quite how it works. Um, so I think it's interesting for you to talk about that. And there's a Mel Robbins podcast and I'm a big fan of the episode. I've shared it with a lot of people where she actually talks about that aspect of comparison, right? Being the thief of joy, which is the cliche phrase. Um, but what you just described, I'm a 23 year old who, you know, isn't married, doesn't have kids. Like this was the decision that I was at in my life. But more importantly, um, the part that you talked about was nine years of sales experience prior, right? That is something that I feel like should not be glazed over when we transition into what we're about to talk about, because when you come into real estate, in my opinion, with that level of sales experience, that just changes the way that you can even begin, right? It changes your perception of what you have to do to be successful because you already know what it takes somewhere else, right? And I think that, I mean, I talk to real estate agents every single day and they're like, well, I'm not good at sales. And I'm like, well, you have to be. Real estate is sales. That is literally what it is. So in order to be good at sales, what do you have to be good at? You have to be good at talking to people, right? And if you're not good at talking to people, you have to find a way to create a good enough system that can allow you to kind of plug the conversations in that you need to have so that you maybe can take yourself out of the day-to-day -day conversations. Um, and I think that that's what you've done really, obviously, wildly well. Um, but I want to transition us just a little bit, if you're okay with it, to really how you scaled your success so quickly after those first couple of years, because you were talking about the paid advertising, the CRM side of things. So will you tell me a little bit about how you went from 103 deals to, I now have 120 franchises across the country. Like what happens in that process in order for that, that gap to occur in such a short amount of time? Yeah. So a couple things, right? So, um, you know, and, and this will kind of tie back into what we were talking about before, where look, we, it, it's always mattered always will matter, but it 100% more matters today than any other time, at least that I've been alive, that I've seen in, in business or real estate is skill set 100% matters. And when most people are sitting there saying, 
well, you know, I like where they have resistance at sales, right? Usually when we start peeling back the onion layers, it comes down to the core of, hey, I, I know I need to sell and I need to get good at sales, but I don't want to sound like that pushy, annoying, where I'm hassling people. And and look, the good news Easy is maybe that will yeah, maybe that worked back in the 80s or 90s. Who knows? I don't know if it ever really worked. But, you know, um, um, however, that is the quickest and surest way to turn people off and piss people off and the most ineffective way to go out there and sell. You, you know, the ability to go out there and sell today is selling where people do not feel like they are being sold. The consumer today wants the information that they want and need. Um, but they so they want the information that they want and need to make their best informed decision for themselves and their family. But they want and need to be able to do that in a safe environment where they do not feel pushed, do not feel pressured, do not feel sold, do not feel hassled. Because the second that they do, they go into fight or flight mode. They shut down, and and like you're going to lose that sale. You're going to just be stuck with nothing but massive resistance. So you know the cool thing for people that don't want to be quote unquote salesy is good because nobody else wants you to be either. And the mo it's the most ineffective way to go out there and sell. But skill sets, one like the quickest way to double, triple, quadruple, you know, your business is to double, triple, quadruple your skill set. Because there's only so many hours in a day. And for most of you watching or listening to this, like it is not a possibility. If you're working eight hours a day and you want to 4X your income, it is not a possibility for you to increase your hours by 4X. You know, there's only 24 hours in a day. You're working eight hours a day. It's an impossibility. And nor did, even if it was a possibility, I'm sure none of us would want to, right? So then from there, okay, it comes down to skill set acquisition. And let me go out there and acquire those right skills at the right season inside my business that I need to acquire to go out there and take my business to that next level. And and, and I think at a deep level, you know, because um, um, not everybody has to go out there and create a mega team or create big businesses. I, you know, it, it, everybody's goals are different. And I'm not saying that everybody wants to do this. But, you know, for me personally, like I don't hey, this might sound weird, but I don't necessarily have like big goals. Like, uh, you know, like meaning like there's not a certain income that I'm like, oh, I got to hit this in order to, you know, feel complete or fulfilled in business or life. You know, to me, it's just really about growth and expansion. Am I doing everything I can to be better today than I was yesterday? Am I doing everything I can to grow and expand as an entrepreneur, as an overall human being? And at the core of the end of the day, like my why, which might sound so silly, it's just, hey, that person looking back in the mirror, am I proud of who I see? And if the answer is no to that, okay, I'm going to go out there and get some work done. Okay, what needs to change in my life, in my business, in, in any aspect of life, so then I can be proud of that, that person looking back at me? I also think proud of, how you got there is an important piece to that, right? Because are you proud of the person? And more importantly, are you proud of the way you got there? Because I think, but to, I mean, you and I've definitely both seen it. There are lots of people who have probably risen to success in ways that you and I wouldn't be happy to do um, in our, in our lives, right? Meaning that's not how we want to go to bed at night. Um, but it's been an honor to watch you over the last four years that I've been, I've known of you, um, lots and lots of people that are talking about how good of a human you are, how easy it is to get a hold of you if they need you. Like, that's what people, that's what people say. And and I just met you officially, I don't know, two weeks ago, but it's been really cool to hear that who I thought you were for the last four years really is who you really are. And I think that that says a lot um, to the people listening to this, that this isn't somebody that's just going to tell you what you want to hear. This is somebody that's going to get real raw and authentic with you about it. So um, sorry for that tangent, but I felt like it was important to say. So if I think what I would love to hear from you, Josh, specifically is 
we're talking about Instagram. Everybody that that knows me knows that Instagram is my platform of choice. It has always been. And the reason I say that is it's six platforms in one. So really, in theory, it's all the social media platforms in one place. It's also the place you can be the most authentic and raw, which I think is a huge part of success through social. Um, but you have a really unique strategy, right? So you've come at it from a very uh, personal way, but also in a paid way. So will you talk to me a little bit about how your paid strategy was born and sort of what you talk about as far as when you're building content, how do you tie that into then once I've built content, what do I use for ads? Um, and I think that that's a good launch point. Yeah. So first off, and there's no right or wrong. I mean, it, it, we're so blessed to be in an industry where everything works, nothing doesn't. It's not like we're selling solar panels where you got one play, which is door to door sales, you know, right? Um, um, so I'm just going to, when I say this, this is just my own personal methodology and everybody can take it with a grain of salt. Um, so I believe in, I'm all, all about bootstrapping businesses. So I believe in, okay, you lead with free ways and leverage free tactics and strategies and mediums to go out there and grow your business. Um, but then you get to a point, so I can, well, then you get to a point where, okay, you, you start making an abundance of money, but now time becomes an issue. So then from there, okay, well then you can, but you have also the money to reinvest back into marketing and back into things that can be an accelerant on your business and start to buy you back some of that time. You know, um, so you know, like when I started my business, now Instagram didn't exist. I know I'm aging myself, but there was no YouTube, there's no Instagram, there's no Facebook, none of this stuff existed. But it was like, okay, I mean, I you know, start off just pounding open houses, then I started pounding open houses and expireds. You know, I mean, it was several years before I started incorporating marketing because I just got to the point where I was just so damn busy. Like I, instead of doing seven open houses a week, okay, I could only do one. Instead of calling expires for three hours a day, okay, now I could only call for like 30 minutes, you know, because you get to the point where you're popping 10 deals a month every month by yourself. You know, um, it's like you do servicing clients, like, okay, like time became an issue. I had to figure out a way to buy back that time. So that's just the overall methodology. Um, then from there, when it comes to paid marketing, you know, it's really important to understand, you know, who your ideal client is for, for the current market and the current, you know, current state that we're in. Like if you want to get really good at making money year over year in your business for a long period of time, you got to also have the ability to go out there and read markets. So in this market that we are in right now, and I'll just speak specifically to it, uh, but if anybody's watching this after the fact, you can, you know, just make the adjustments that you need to make. But what what is the market that we're in right now? Okay, we got the most unaffordable time to acquire real estate in U.S. recorded history, the most expensive time to be alive as a U.S. citizen in U.S. recorded history, and the most competitive real estate landscape that we've ever seen when we factor in number of listings, number of transactions versus you know number of licensed realtors. So what does all that mean? And this isn't to fear anybody. Look, there's no reason that your business should be contracting, but what worked yesterday or what worked in 2019 or 2020 doesn't work in the same way that it works today. Not and some things still may, but not. I mean, so we ought to understand with the different markets, you know, strategy strategy uh, needs to needs to shift and change. So with that being said, okay, I need to identify my ideal client. You know, um, so okay, who can afford to buy and sell real estate today? I mean, we've essentially wiped out over fifty percent of the population from being able or willing to acquire real estate in this marketplace. So then, okay, I'm going to be targeting kind of more your Gen Xers, even though I know millennials slightly fall in this category too, but your 40 to 55-year-old married couples. Um, why am I doing that? Because most of them are a dual income. 
Um, um, they are peak income earning year, you know, years of their life. So they're really in that 150 to 400 plus thousand yearly household income. You know, they've been in their current home for 10 plus years. So they got plenty of equity for the down payment, rate buy downs, you know, in 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 whatever. Um, so okay, they're people that are have the means and the ability to transact in this given marketplace. Then from there. You know, um, I'm looking at, okay, let's just say, you know, with Instagram as an example, okay, well, who who's, because in any given market to identify our clients, it really just breaks down, okay, who's buying, who's selling, what are they buying, what are they selling, why are they buying, you know, why are they selling, where are they coming from, where are they going? So we got to know that. So I know the top 20 states and within those states, the top metros that are people are moving to my market from. So here's an example, because we always want to look at like, okay, who is this current market good for? So, you know, one of the strategies that's working really well for us right now with Facebook and, and Instagram, even though they're all ran in Facebook, but, you know, placement is Instagram or, or when it comes to paid ads um, um, is, um, okay, we're targeting because we have an abundance of people moving from San Francisco Bay Area to our marketplace. Now, these are people that are selling a three bed, two bath, 100 year old house for like 1.5 million. They're relocating to our market. They're buying something for 800 grand that's brand new or close to brand new. That's fully tricked out. That's 4,000 plus square feet. You know, so for them, they're way upsizing in style of home and lifestyle, but they're able to substantially downsize in, in the amount that they're paying for the home and whatnot. And they're able to have the ability to do so. And this is where, when it comes to paid social media marketing, and again, I'm going to speak to Facebook, even though, and the rumors I'm speaking to Facebook, because all this is ran out of Facebook ads manager, right? You can choose the placements. Um, but Facebook is, is just one of the most brilliant platforms for aggregating the data um, for us to be able to get and, and show up in the right eyeballs to the right people. Like I, I've never seen a higher ROI product when it comes to paid marketing than I have with paid Facebook and paid Instagram ads. You know, um, then from there, of course, you know, so then from there, okay, you got to make sure. So, so when it comes to any type of marketing and then this is, you know, really true, like, okay, the only difference between me posting personally versus posting, you know, a paid ad is, okay, I'm doing it myself, taking time versus paying the money. And there's some maybe other differences too, but, um, uh, but when it comes to an ad specifically, okay, I got to make sure the right people that the ad applies to it showing up to them, but then I got to give them what they want. Right. So when I'm doing my ads, like I know exactly what my ideal clients want, exactly what type of properties that they want. So I'm not running just kind of a, a generalized ad. It's like a, you know, wow, check out these amazing homes currently for sale in Peoria, Arizona, all featuring sparkling swimming pools, four plus bedrooms, three, three plus ba uh, bathrooms, three plus car garage, you know, 3000 plus square feet and more. To view photos, info, price, monthly mortgage payment amounts, and more, click the learn more button below. Yeah, right. So it's speaking like, okay, anybody that doesn't, isn't interested in that, you know, right, they're going to disengage, but then it's speaking specifically. So when it comes to the ad copy, when it comes to the, the actual, you know, ad graphics, like all of that stuff matters, you know, um, but you got to make sure that you were, your, your ad is showing up to the people that have the need, but inside the ad, you're giving them what the want, they want. What is that result that they truly want? Like, I mean, like, okay, if I'm an airline, you know, right. I'm not selling the plane ticket. I'm selling the destination, I'm selling the vacation. Right. So you, you just mentioned something though, that I feel like I've been preaching for years, but in a different, a little bit of a different context, right. Which is the content you produce is not about you, right. It shouldn't be about you. It's about the person that you're trying to attract. What do they need to hear in order to ultimately make a purchasing decision? That's what we're talking about here. Right. So most real estate agents, 
believe it or not, still are doing this, right? But they're talking about themselves in every piece of content. Here's my new listing. I'm one, I'm the top 1% in the country, right? I see that in people's bios like 40 times a day. I'm one of the top 1% realtors in my state. How is that serving me as a potential client of yours? That's, it's not, right? If a lot of people think that that's helping them build credibility and, and I really don't believe that it does. Um, I feel like being approachable and having that piece to, do you actually know what I as a consumer really, really need? And what do I need in order to ultimately say, I'm leaving San Francisco to come to Peoria. And if I come to Peoria, what do I actually want with this extra change that I now have? Cause I sold a $1.6 million house to buy an $800,000 house. Right. So, um, you used a word a while back when you and I first talked about, and I really want you to spend some time if you're willing to talk about it, but you used the word psychographics. I, I would love to hear you kind of expand on how does that apply? Is that what you were just referencing? Or if you want to dig in maybe a little bit deeper to that? Yeah. So when we look at, okay, our ideal client, right? Then from there, you know, I'm looking at, okay, what are the demographics of that ideal client? So the demographics are just the stats, you know, like give age, you know, marital status, income. Um, um, but then from there, we got to understand the psychographics, right? And the psychographics is just what is the conversation taking place in their mind? And the more that you can understand your ideal client, because people want to know that, I mean, because what is, what is our job as a real estate professional? Our job is to articulate, well, let me take a step back. We are not selling real estate, right? People already sold on the fact that they want to buy and sell real estate. What we are selling is we are selling uh, to the fact that, and this is what you need to articulate, that we are the best guide to get you from your current living situation to the living situation that you want to get to, right? The, and sales is all pain and pleasure. So the current living situation is creating some element of pain. And then the new living situation is the pleasure that they want to get to. So the more that I understand what's going on in their mind, what's going on in their situation, the better than that I can articulate that messaging of, of how I am the best guide to get them from where they're at to where they want to go. You know, so, so then from there, you know, it, like looking at, okay, if they're, my job is again from point A to point B. Okay. Well, during that process, there can be these roadblocks that come up, right? So the better that I can speak to and just eliminate these roadblocks, the better that I can articulate that I'm the best guide, the better that it shows that I understand them. I understand their concerns. I understand their fears. Um, I understand their situation and I have those right solutions for their situations, and I can speak to those because at the end of the day, like it's just problem solving, right? But in order to solve problems, we need people to be vulnerable with us and be upfront, honest with us of what those true problems are. And this is where we talked about earlier, like skill set matters, man. It's so important to know tonality, you know, to know how to speak to people, to know what the consumer wants today, to always, you know, going out, like extremely uber out of our way to make sure that they're always comfortable and not feeling pushed, pressured or sold. So they will be you know, fully upfront and honest with us, but that's, you know, psychographics is just what is going on inside their head. You know, so again, what are their fears? What are the pain points? And the better that we are able to identify those, and articulate those, that's how then we craft what's called our USPs, our unique selling propositions. You know, so here's an example. And in 2020, 2021, for any of you that were in the market during that time, you know how crazy it was, right? So for a long period of, for the vast majority of my career, one of my ideal clients, because you're going to have usually multiple ideal clients. One of my main ideal clients has been move up buyers. Like I love them, right? Because I get the sell, I get the buy, same cost per acquisition, you know, two commissions. Um, and, and it's just less resistance, you know. Um, but then all of a sudden, for the first time in my career, we got into a marketplace where I couldn't help them, right? Like meaning in order to go out there and buy home B that they wanted to buy, 
they needed to sell home A. Well, nobody was taking contingencies on those properties. Like they, they were equity rich. They just didn't have the down payment in hand. And so they, they like they, so all of a sudden they were in a situation where we couldn't help them. So then based on that, you know, okay, these are people I do that I know they have a want, I know they have a need, you know, but then boom, there that's that wall that I got to figure out and lower. So I went to the, you know, drew the drawing board. At the same time, I started realizing that my investor clients, a lot of these investors that I work with, didn't have great places to park their capital. Um, because the market was just going nuts, cap rates sucked, and and you know, with vulnerabilities of of the market, they're just like, well, there's you know, nowhere for us to really park our money. So I started seeking with investors, okay, how can we solve this problem? How can we create a win-win for everybody? So then I aligned with certain investors out there that would come in, they'd put an offer on home A. Um, and if that uh, offer was agreed upon, okay, then my clients could go pick out the home that they wanted. Now my investors would step in and buy that home that they wanted for them for cash. As soon as that house closed, we close on home A, so it free up the down payment. Then they'd sell them back home B on the predetermined, you know, guaranteed price that they were, you know, they bought it for that they're selling it back to them at, and allow that possible, you know, that that situation to be a possibility. Well, because I understood with the you know the psychographics and the concerns and the fears and what was going on, I was able to identify a solution that then allowed me to develop a USP that my competitors couldn't go out there and serve this marketplace, but I could. But then with all my marketing, all my messaging, I could speak very heavily to how we have a solution for that and allowed us to go out there and slay it in a very competitive time. Well, not only did you study your people, you studied the marketplace itself and you leveraged connections. That's a big, a big phrase right now, right? Leveraging connections that are going to allow you to remove whatever roadblocks might already be there or what is currently kind of standing in your way. And I love the way you phrase that. So I have a, I have a unique segue, if you will. So paid advertising is obviously something that you have crushed, right? Your ability to get an ad to convert clearly is there. Now, my second piece to that, or my second comment to that is if you follow you on social, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook, for that matter, you're posting every single day, I can tell it's you. I can tell you're actually like writing the copy, right? And you're you're intentional and you're thoughtful. So my point is, is you have paid advertising coupled with your organic advertising or your organic marketing, right? And it's a lot of people, I think, assume that it's one or the other, or they assume if I do paid first, then I build all of this reputation up and then I'll worry about the organic later. For me, I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of the opposite of that, right? Like build your organic platform, really get people to feel like they know you feel connected to you, understand how to create content that is actually going to matter to the individual you're trying to connect to, and then put gasoline on that fire, right? By putting paid advertising behind it. Um, but you're doing both of them and they're synonymous, right? You wouldn't know that one is happening without the other. Um, so what, where does your organic strategy come in? How do you play it differently organically versus paid? Yeah, right. So organic is, is, you know, a little bit playing the long game, you know, if, if you will. So we, we, my methodology with this is looking at our social, you know, our social media platforms is our social CRMs, right? Mm -hmm. So, and, and, and the CRM exists for us to play the game. And what's the game? Get people to know us, like us, trust us, be aware of what we do for a living, follow frequently and, or, keep our message in front of them frequently, our business continues to grow and expand. You know, so we're in our, okay, our business CRMs, okay, we're emailing, we're calling, we're texting, or sending out property alerts or whatever. Our social CRMs, 
right? We are posting content, engaging with that content, DMing, right? So, um, so I mean, that's just how I go with the mental frame around it. So then from there, just like with my business CRM, okay, well, I've got to feed it new connections. So like part of our internal process is, okay, every time we get a client, so like at a buyer consultation, listing presentation, before we leave that table or leave that table, part of our process is, or we whip out our phone, how are you on Facebook? Are you on Instagram? Cool. Shot your phone request, shot your connection request. Make sure to accept it. I always like to stay in touch with my amazing clients. And also it's just another way that you can get in touch with me. Um, but then from there too, we always want to play offense. So like I haven't carried business cards forever. You know, um, uh, so then from there, it's, you know, every conversation that I'm having, somebody asks for a card. Oh, hey, you know, I don't, I'm out. Let me do this. What's your cell number? I'll text you my information right now. So you have it. also, hey, are you on Facebook? You on Instagram? Okay, cool. I just shot you a connection request. You know, or if I'm talking to somebody, you know, my son's soccer game or whatever. Hey, I've enjoyed this conversation, man. I'd like to stay in touch. Dude, you, you on Instagram? You on Facebook? Right? Because it's no longer weird you know, to go out there and do that. And this is just the world, you know, so I'm, oh, I'm intentional with feeding it. Anybody that I have a probability of doing business with in the future, I want to be connected on there. So we're intentionally feeding it, you know, with new connections. I'm not waiting for my post to go freaking viral and to get all of a sudden a bazillion followers. I'm not trying to, you know, think I'm going to be famous. Maybe I get lucky and that happens, but you know, like my, my, my retirement plan is not based on me playing the lottery either. Right. So my retirement plan is not based off of how much money I make from one viral reel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so, so then from there, okay, well then the biggest problem that people have, at least in my experience um, is, well, then what do I post about? Right. So we look at social media when it comes to, okay, social media has replaced reality TV. The only difference is instead of the Kardashians being the star, you get to be the star of your own channel. So you get to pick and choose your own narrative of, of who you're going to be and how you're going to show up. So what I recommend what I do and what I recommend for my agents to do is really sit there and think about that. I'll give you guys some exercises here, but it's okay. In the first five seconds, like if I were to say, I don't know, the rock or Dwayne, the rock Johnson, okay. In the first five seconds of your mind, you guys all have an appearance of who that person is and what you think of them. So when somebody thinks of your name or sees your image or sees your logo, what do you want that first five seconds of their mind share to be? Now, of course, we want them to, to think of us successful in XYZ, so successful in real estate. Then from there, though, because the name of the game, as I said earlier, is get them to know you like you trust you, be aware of what you do for a living, follow up frequently, keep your message in front of frequently, your business continues to grow and expand. Well, the no like, and trust is not from real estate. You'll build up a little bit of that there, but it's going to be getting to know who the hell you are as a human being. So then from there, I recommend to come up with your list of, you know, five to eight things of who you are, you know, that you want to go out there and display, you know, um, and I recommend the more authentic that you make this to yourself of like, you know, true hobbies, true things that you do, um, that you're doing consistently, the easier it is to go out there and post on this content. So like, oh, for myself, okay, well, you know, like outside of a, you know, successful, you know, entrepreneur, successful in real estate, you know, who, who is Joshua Smith? Okay, I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm really into health and fitness. I'm really into self-development. You know, I'm really into, you know, motivation, inspiration. I'm really into mountain biking, hiking, snowboarding, you know, so I can quickly go out there and make my list. And then from there with social media, it's document, not create. Cause what's the difference of reality TV versus a production-based TV show. And the reason why reality TV became the most watched thing to and just crushed Every, every production-based show, you know, because people like the genuine, raw, you know, authenticity of it. 
So then from there, now I know what to document about my life as these things are taking place. So then with our four to one posting strategy, um, and it's, you know, four, four pieces of content posted a day. So that could look something like in any combination of, but maybe two stories, one content post and one reel, you know, um, and, and I understand when you might, some of you might be hearing this, like, oh my God, that's a ton. Like a lot of my new agents that haven't been active on social, that may feel like a ton to them too. So I'm like, Hey, just start with one. Right. And then, okay, start posting one a day. Once that becomes easy, that becomes habitual, you know, that, you know, long you have to think about, it. okay, then, then jump up to two. It's not like you have to start this overnight, you know? Um, um, but then from there, four to one posting strategy is of the four posts, only one has to do with real estate. And then our rule with real estate is, is to look, we, we don't want to be the douchey salesperson out there. That's, oh, I j- just sold this property in four days, under four days, full price thing about selling you know, call me, right? Like people don't, I already talked about this earlier. People don't want to feel sold. Now I can take that same thing and get that same message message across that is received in a very positive way by doing something like, maybe I take my clients, the family, I put them with the sold sign in front of the property. I take a picture of it. And I'm like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm so, so happy for you know, my amazing clients, tag them in it. that just close on their, their, you know, beautiful new dream home, truly blessed and honored to be able to help you through this experience, right? Like, okay, now I'm coming from a place of gratitude versus a braggy, right? So everything that we do, I mean, we're still talking about selling real estate. We're still talking, or like the example that you gave earlier when it's like, okay, in top 1%. So like one of my agents recently who just became our, our top agent for that month, you know, it's always been a goal of hers for like the last you know three or four years since she joined my team. You know, um, um, but she did that type of a post, but did it in a way that was so well received. I mean, like five or six hundred likes and hundreds of comments, and you know, but it was from a thankful post. You know, I just got to share with you guys. I I I finally hit a goal that that I've you know been trying to achieve for the last three years, and this goal would have never been possible if it wasn't for all my amazing clients. And all of you and all of your support that you've given to me. And then she, of course, talked about what the goal was that she met, but it came from a place of humility, from a place of gratitude. So it's just received and perceived differently, you know? Um, So, so, you know, we've got, you know, that's our overall posting strategy. Um, But then from there, okay, you got to also engage and engagement means, okay, people that are engaging in your stuff, engaging back in their stuff, but then also engaging in other people's stuff. Right. Um, um, because when, when people post something today, like what's the first thing they do is they go back and look at, you know, how many likes, how many comments, you know, the number one, the number one <laughs> thing that all human beings desire more so than anything else is the feeling of significance. Well, give people what they want. Right. Every time that you engage in their stuff, it's gonna make them feel more significant. You know, um, so we we spend you know 30 minutes a day. We time block it out between posting and engaging in our content and then another 30 minutes a day and engaging in other people's content. So we're in and out. So it's like, dude, I, I post on 27, you know, 27 different contest content posts a day, but it takes me less than 30 minutes a day to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it just doesn't need to be an all day thing, you know, um, but being, you know, cause then also when it comes to liking and commenting on their stuff too, if they're not seeing your stuff they're if you're not seeing their stuff, they're not seeing your stuff. Right. So the more that you like comment on theirs, the more that increases the probability that they'll see your stuff too with the algorithm. Plus, though, it's going to, you know, that law of reciprocity is the most powerful law of influence where they're going to, you know, subconsciously feel obligated to engage back with your stuff. Yeah. So one thing that's really interesting about that is you said it takes less than 30 minutes for you. Right. I have people who will call and be like, Michelle, there is no way. I just don't have time. 
I just don't have time. I'll, I have time to engage with people who engage with me, but that's it. Um, or my favorite one is where people are like, well, I just have someone else that manages my DMs, all my inbound, right? I don't even look at it. I hardly ever even open the app. And to me, like you're missing the biggest opportunity that you have, right? Which is creating that social capital um, or social equity in this relationship that can then take it off of the platform into real life. Um, but there, there's so much more we could talk about. Honestly, we could probably talk for another hour before we run out of things to even talk or even different topics that we could even bring up about this because you have a really um, special way of handling your CRM through social. And there's a big question that a lot of people ask me all the time, which is, Michelle, I have all these leads coming in in my, you know, in my DM inbox, but now what do I do with them? And, and if you could, in just like two minutes before we have to wrap up, um, what what do you do there, right? Like someone reaches out to you on Instagram, they're ready to buy or sell. And how do you move them into your CRM? And then at what point or what happens at that point? Yeah. So depending on the scenario and situation, you know, um, um, I mean, because it's like, look, every activity exists to generate a lead. I don't classify anybody as a lead until they're in my CRM. I've given them something of value in exchange for their contact information. So at that point, okay, hey, we're ready to go out there and buy a house. Okay, great. You know, and I mean, for me, I'm going to try to jump on a call immediately. You know, okay, great. You know, what, 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 what's your best, what's your best number to reach you out? I'll give you a call at XYZ time today if you have availability and we can discuss next steps and what this looks like, you know, um, and there's going to be a lot of different situations and, and, you know, I've got different lead magnets for different things, but I need to, cause as quickly as I possibly can get them out of that social platform and then get them onto my list. Because look, dude, like you, I mean, I, I have so many people that I know that there's their social platforms have gotten hacked or they've gotten censored, you know, or, or shut down, or you never know what's going to happen. Right. So to me, it's, Okay, the sole purpose of everything that I'm doing on social or any activity I'm doing is to gather their contact information so I can get them into my CRM. So now I'm in control of, of what that communication looks like. You know, Bro, um, so then yeah, really. so then from there, it's like, okay, like somebody wants to buy, let's just say they want to buy. Okay, what's the next step? The next step is for a separate time uh to for for us to sit down, and have a conversation about what they're looking for, what their goals are, what their time frame is, what their expectations are. And in order for me to serve and support them at the highest level, I gotta have extreme clarity on what it is that they want. And this is where again I said earlier, like we've got to go out of our way to make people feel comfortable today, more so than ever before. So I'm letting people know, hey, the sole purpose of of this meeting. Is so again, I can get clear on what is that you want, what your timelines is, what your expectations are, and make sure that you have all the information that you need to make your best informed decision for yourself and for your family. And hey, at the end of this meeting, you may decide that hey, maybe home ownership isn't for you. You may decide that home ownership is for you, but now is not the time. You may even decide that you want to buy, but you don't want to use me and, and you want to go with somebody else. Whatever the result is of this meeting, it's okay. Again, the sole purpose of this meeting is to provide you with all the information that you need and want to make the best decision for yourself and for your family. So I've got this time, this time available, which one of those times works better for you? You know, um, so, so, and again, it's situation based, but uh, I'm going to do everything I possibly can to get them out of there, get them into my CRM. So then I can control and dictate that. And most of my leads are going to go on a minimum of a thousand day email text strip, you know, go on some type of, of, you know, instant property alerts, Everybody gets five and a half broadcast emails a month on average. Um, the only thing that dictates is my call frequency based on if they're six months out, six to 12 months or one plus year out, that's going to adjust the frequency of our reach outs that we're actually, you know, getting them on the phone with. But the key that what you just described is that there's a process in it. And I, we're obviously going to need to do a part two, because I think that alone needs its own hour. 
but I think the process behind moving them, right. And I have a, a process for us. That's a little bit similar, but a little bit different solely because what I'm working towards is slightly different. Right. But I think what I want people to really understand based off of the last 45 minutes with Josh and I, is that there is no one golden rule as far as what to post, how to post it, what the timing of it, um, having this virality issue is, is not what we're talking about here. What really matters is are we leveraging the opportunity to create real relationships with people where people can really connect to us, people can really get a hold of us. And then are we doing everything that we need to do to be able to move them through the funnel, right? And so what, what you have described for us, Josh, over the last 45 minutes is exactly that, is once we capture them, well, really before that, right? What happens before we even capture them? How do we ensure that we can? And then how do we move them through that so that we're actually having a conversation with someone that's qualified to be talking to us? Um, and I think that's that's the golden nugget of all of this. Um, it's, it's not a one size fits all type thing, but Josh, I would really love, I know you have coaching. I know you have a lot of other things that people can get dialed into, but to be a good steward of your time, I want people to be able to connect to you wherever you want them to connect. So whether that's Instagram, Facebook, um, YouTube, if you want to share your handles for that, and then what do you have coming up next that someone could get dialed into? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, any, any social platform, I'm just Joshua Smith GSD. So Facebook, Instagram, any of YouTube, um, on YouTube, you know, I highly recommend that you guys check that out. You know, I've I've got thousands of of videos and tips, and you know, I mean, not you don't need to buy anything, <laughs> none of that crap. Guys, um, it's so good. Please go watch it. Yeah, and I appreciate that. So, yeah. um, and then you know, if you go to gsdmode.com, that's kind of the hub where you can also connect with you know uh, uh, wherever the podcast is at, however you watch or listen. Um, but on there, I've got some resources right now that are hundred percent free that I highly recommend, encourage you know, everybody to check out. So one is, and I know it's a long period of time, you know, but I've got a three hour in-depth free training on there right now. That is six steps to three Xing on more your real estate business, regardless of the marketplace. So it's speaking very specific to this market right now on how to ensure that your business is not contracting. Um, it's a game-changing training. Highly recommend that you check that out, gsdmode.com. Also on there, I've got a free ebook um, that walks you through, if you guys, so it's essentially, you know, this right here where I walk you through 42 of my top scripts, tips, strategies to go out there and grow your business. Again, nothing being sold in here, just, you know, free stuff to help you go out there and grow your business. So gstmo.com or Joshua Smith GSD. I love it so much, Josh. You've been amazing. Um, I wish that we had more time, so we, but we'll just have to do it again. Yeah, hundred percent. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. All right, guys, if this was an episode that you loved, my only request is that you share it. Listen as many times as you need to share it with as many people as you need to. And if you have other ideas for people like Josh that I need to interview, feel free to shoot them my way. But guys, that's another episode of the Coffee and Questions podcast, and we'll see you in the next one. If you enjoyed this episode, please go follow my guests on social media. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving us a review wherever you consume this content.